Ready? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was practicing this one earlier. Ready? Uh-oh. Oh, boy. And what's up, Party People podcast players and fourth wall fans, and welcome to the 36th episode of New Normal Wrestling. That's right, it's me, it's me, it's JCB. And I am here with my good brothers, as always, the usual suspects. Introducing to you first, the voice of the voiceless. Yes, he is a zebra, and we think he is a zebra. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for DJ Matty G. Matty G, welcome back, brother. Do zebras make horse noises? I don't know how to start this, man. (laughs) I don't know, man. That's a hell of an intro. Uh, I I would throw up the two sweet, but uh, our listeners couldn't see it, and I'd hate to have an injunction put on our show. (laughs) Well, in order for us to get on with this show, DJ Maddie, we need to add some lavish into this formula. No, we need that glue that really holds NNW together. If we were so, making a cake, now would be the time to get some caliente chocolate. Ooh, caliente, some mocha chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the third man in the NNW booth. This is the man that does it with flair each and every week. Woo! Let's give it up for good brother Wade Ilson. What's it was up, a great. Brother? It was a great intro. So you said duo with flair. <laughs> you threw up in your mouth a little bit there. Yeah, I threw up a little bit in my mouth, just a little bit. Damn, man. Oh man. So guys, we got a lot of wrestling to go over. We're gonna try and knock this out today in an hour and fifteen. Because NNW said I just ran a marathon. So guys, let's start off with the way the week started on Monday with Monday Night <laughs> Raw, which was probably one of the better raws we've seen in in uh, probably i'd say more than a month at this point uh because the, the past couple months is, things have been kind of questionable and they ran with a skeleton crew on mm-hmm. monday they really did uh but this all stems you know from uh, unfortunately the wwe champion drew mcintyre testing positive for go for covid uh, and now being in quarantine for the next two weeks. Yeah, get 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 well, be safe, take care of yourself. We're 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 pulling for you. Yeah, we're definitely pulling for you. You know, it, it's kind of ironic how this is the guy that, aside from me being critical of of his first run as champion, he was the man, the only man in WWE to break that fourth wall when there was no audience. Mm-hmm. He was the one that that started to cut promos by looking into the camera. He had his big WrestleMania moment at the start of COVID with no oh, audience when he beat Brock Lesnar. He's had two runs as champion with, and then unfortunately through all of that, and he still ultimately ends up testing positive for COVID. Very, uh, very safe to say. You know, a, a bunch of other people have as well. We talked about them in the past, mm-hmm. but he's one of the people that put the company on his back during this hard time. Yeah, made made the show very watchable. Gave us a champion that we could get behind. Right. Now, uh, it's unfortunate that this had to happen. I know last week we spoke about his upcoming match against Goldberg at Royal Rumble. But first of all, it's obviously going to make things pretty difficult to build a story with him not physically being there unless they keep him prominent like they did this week Mm -hmm. by giving him two two from-home vignettes and still keeping him relevant, similar to what they did with Ciampa back when Ciampa was NXT champion a while back. If they continue that, they could still continue a story here. And I think with him being off TV, 
it kind of entices me a little bit more to really be invested in this match with him and Goldberg. Wade, what say you, man? I know we're not interested in Goldberg, but what if Drew comes back into you know in time for Rumble and he has a little bit of uh, ring rust? Mm, I doubt it because with usually with you know first off get well soon, Drew. Secondly. A Goldberg match, there's not much ring rust needed. <laughs> right. uh, it's Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg matches are very formulaic. It should be an easy match for him just to get his feet wet again after mm-hmm. being out for two month, two two weeks until, or until the quarantine's over for him. It'll be an easy match. It'll be Claymore, Claymore, Spear, Spear, Jackhammer attempt, reverse into a Claymore, reverse into another Claymore, and then that's it. And then he's done. So it should be fine. I think Drew will be okay. Um, it is going to be very difficult to keep interest in this feud. I guess Goldberg's going to have to show up a few more times just to keep us interested. But eh, it's a match I'm not really looking forward to. One thing that intrigues me is when wrestlers make history in some way. And they did a pretty good job of of, uh, of pointing this out this week with, with Goldberg, how Goldberg has never won the the big important WWE championship, <laughs> you know, like he so never funny. had the, the important title, which actually made me scratch my head for a second. I forgot he, when he was in WWE the first time he, that was actually the, the big gold belt that he, that he had, which he was a carryover the, from, WCW. from WCW. So he never had the WWE championship. So things like that do kind of get me a little invested. And I'm kind of curious now, do, do we see Goldberg leaving rumble with this championship? And then moving on to, to WrestleMania with the title. Wade just gave me this fucking pissed off, angry look. I felt you burning my skin through the computer screen. <laughs> no. Why? For what? Just to add uh, a stripe to his name? No, he doesn't need it. He's fucking Goldberg. You're in the Hall of Fame. You've done what you've done in your career. It's time to move on. I hate to bring up Mustafa Ali for this, but his promo he cut on Raw Talk, which he got in trouble for, is actually the truth. I am tired of legends showing up and getting titles. No, it's not needed. Goldberg does not need it. And anyway, once he gets the run, we know he's going to lose it to Drew right. or somebody, whoever's the, whoever wins the Royal Rumble, if it's a Raw superstar. He's not, he's not here for the long run. So just have him have his match, get Claymore three, four times in the face, bye-bye Goldberg, move on. Because mm-hmm. that's not helping. If Goldberg wins the title, that is a disrespectful slap to not only Drew's reign, but everyone he faced within that reign. Mm-hmm. Especially Randy Orton. Right. Hey, man, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Maddie. I'm sure you share the same sentiment. Yeah, very, very much so. Why? We, 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 we clamor for new talent. We, we talk about the fact that people come up from NXT and get buried or put on the back burners. We've got guys that have just recently come up like all of Retribution, uh, the Keith Lees of the world. You know, where's their slice of the pie? I completely right. understand that when things happen, you panic. Um, they had the lowest rating of all time on a Monday Night Raw and then immediately announced a Legends Night. And I don't know if you guys saw the meme going around the internet. I'm sure you did. You guys are more in tune with the with the old interwebs than I am. But it was a meme about the Legends we wanted and the Legends we got. And I have to agree. You know, mm-hmm. the Legends we got for Legends Night, not only were not extremely exciting, but we get them all, all the time. The time. Yeah. It mm-hmm. wasn't 
cool. It wasn't fresh. There weren't any surprises. Nothing happened. Randy Orton ran around cutting. Yeah, you bones, you got to jump in there. Tatanka. Had they put a Tatanka in with other legends that were interesting to see, that would be a dope-ass throwback. But considering that more than half of the legends they brought in, no, a little bit less than half. You know, uh, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. Big Show. um, No, no, Big Big Show wasn't around for Tatanka. I'm saying they're from Tatanka's generation anyway. So when you've got a Hulk Hogan next to a Tatanka, who gives a shit? If Tatanka right. was representing his generation, mm-hmm. that would have been dope. But there was already so much. Um, I just it's it's something we complain about a lot. They're relying too heavily on the past while mm-hmm. not setting themselves up for the future. And I think for Goldberg to have you want to do it at the crown jewel, cool. You want to do it at Roadblock or Construction Zone or, or MySpace Shopping? No problem. Cyber Tuesday. But but for fucking Taboo Tuesday to have a main <laughs> event at the Royal Rumble, right. like like this is the official kickoff to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Road to WrestleMania. Goldberg's our main event. Yeah, a guy who is either going to, in my opinion. agreeing with Wade, not be the proper person to carry the belt into mania or not going to be in mania at all. He's kicking it off. No, Mm -hmm. have him show up in the middle somewhere and take an L having a main event. And, and by all means, my favorite thing is them calling it the most prestigious belt because they do nothing but shit on the WWE championship. It's universal title or nothing according to WWE. But when we have Goldberg come in, all of a sudden second tier drew is now holding the most important belt in all of sports entertainment. Yeah, the most important belt in sports entertainment that never main events a fucking pay per view and mm-hmm. hasn't since the Universal Championship has been a title. Mm-hmm. I feel like even when Brock Lesnar wasn't defending the title, the championship still for some reason didn't main event the pay per view. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm with you on that. So aside from from what's going on right now with Goldberg and Drew, we did get some good some good wrestling, some good matches, some good segments on yeah. Monday Night Raw with the Skeleton Crew. Um, I want to talk about the Miz and Morrison versus Sheamus and Keith Lee. First of all, with the situation with Drew, I'm surprised Keith Lee was not one of the ones that was not on TV. I was surprised he was there and he was prominent. With, with, the, with the close contact that, yeah. that, that, that other companies have been looking out for. I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. But now, what do you guys see happening right now with Keith Lee and Sheamus? I feel like they're both kind of in limbo. I think it's gold. They don't have anything in the championship picture for them yet. And they're keeping these two big, bad mofos relevant. I like it. This is one of those storyline threads like we talk about from Impact. They're both kind of in the Drew picture. They're both in that main event idea while not main eventing. And I think that Keith Lee and Sheamus facing off against one another is a secondary storyline. I'm excited. And I like to see where it goes. They're two giant guys that have very different styles. They definitely don't fit into that big guy doing what big guys do book. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty all for it. And the fact that they had them team up and get together to get the W and then during the celebration fall apart to have it be a one-on-one, I thought it was excellent storytelling, especially like you said, with that skeleton crew, they might not have had the biggest pool to pull from. And instead of making one really long fuck of a match, they turned it into two shorter, compelling matches. 
I'm sorry, wait, go ahead. I can't help but agree. I really enjoyed what I saw. It reminded me of the old buddy cop system. Mm. Uh, like, you know, hey, we have a common enemy, but I still don't like you and you have to earn my respect. It was one of those moments and I enjoyed that. And again, it keeps both of them within the title scene. Honestly, I feel it should have been those two involved with Drew in a triple threat match at the Royal Rumble. Well, that would have been a nice little kickoff to keep all three of them relevant mm. at the same time, but you're going Goldberg, whatever. Um can we not? Can we also mention how Keith Lee's reaction to breaking the turnbuckle mid match? That was, was oh, that, that's right. What an awesome face spot! Was so fun. First of all, was that a spot because they went right to commercial and then they had the ring crew up there? I think that, that shit. I happened. think that happened. That was that, that just was happened. Yeah, Keith that was, Lee's face was gold, Wade. Way to bring that up, man! Yeah. I can't believe we forgot that. His face was gold. He went from ah to oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but then later in the night, Triple H done breaking rings for the night. Yeah. I don't think so. I, uh, yeah. It, you know what, Bonesy? You said that they'd done something they hadn't done in a while. I think the word might be playful. Raw yeah. was, playful. was playful. I was. I mm-hmm. wanted to see what happened next. I think, I think Triple H put just the right amount of salt into the stew to mm-hmm. make it fun again. Right. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Now, going back real quick to Keith Lee and Sheamus, can, I'm not saying it has to end up like the bar, but give me a best of seven series between those two. Hell yeah. Yeah. For, for the chance to fight drew or the fight drew or something. Real stakes on it. Good Mm -hmm. call bones. Good call. Mm -hmm. I would love it. Those are two guys that I I would like to see, you know, in a best of seven series. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some, some other mid cards, mid carders that did really get to show up on Monday. And that you mentioned Maddie G riddle taking on Bobby Lashley for the U S championship. I think we saw the writing on the wall for a while now. Riddle's going to be in that U.S. title picture. He, he's a star. They're, they're, they are slow cooking a star in Riddle. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and there's also been a lot of reports that Vince McMahon is very high on Riddle. Very funny for you to say that. Very. Yeah, but, that might be the funniest but, thing you've ever said, Bones. <laughs> he's high on Riddle. High on Riddle. <laughs> I didn't even um, catch that. That makes it even funnier. You, you know what? The match overall, I, I've seen I've seen some people poo-poo it online. I try not to read anybody's stuff, especially before we record. I don't I don't want to regurgitate other people's writings. I also don't want to be influenced by others. Um, you know, I, I like to like I said, I, I don't I don't read between a lot of the lines. I watch like a very young fanboy and I, I want to be entertained. I like the story. I like where it's going. I like what they did last week with the tap out that wasn't seen. And then Riddle getting the W and then the follow up this week and then making absolutely sure. And, and again, I, I brought this up in our pre-show. It's about time. We've been talking about this since we started doing this bones. You and I have been talking about this since before we started podcasting together. Lashley is finally just becoming that straight killer that we want. Yep. I personally want to see him hold on to this U S title until he relinquishes it. I don't want to see anybody beat him. I want him to come up in six more months and just be like, hey, I'm dropping this. You have a tournament for it. I'm going for the big belt. I think Lashley is locked and ready to become that main event player that we all thought he was going to be when he first came back. Right. Mm -hmm. 
No, I, I think Lashley's definitely in, in the best spot that he's in. I like I like that take on it, Matty, too. Just having be like, you know what? I'm tired of defending this title here. Take it. I'm vacating it. I'm going. I'm going for for the bat, big championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brother Wade, what are your thoughts on both Riddle and Bobby Lashley? Um, I see Riddle. You know what the thing is? I'm going to be in the minority here with Rit with uh, Lashley dropping that belt like that. I would honestly want to see Lashley lose it to Riddle. And again, he could still go for the title. It doesn't hurt. You can have it where Lashley had a prestigious enough reign and he drops it to Matt Riddle mm-hmm. and Riddle could go on to be a solid U.S. champion because besides that, when he was in NXT, he didn't really do much except win the tag titles. That was it. Right, right. I think right. putting him in that position makes the U.S. title more valuable. And I could see Riddle just going for it and winning it. And, and lastly, lastly could be one of the people we don't suspect that could win the Royal Rumble. And that would throw everybody off. I, I, I would I would absolutely love it. You're, you're supposed like the winner of the Royal Rumble is supposed to either be the, the darling of the people mm-hmm. or a returning hero. Or somebody who's credible. And mm-hmm. I think Lashley is one of the most credible guys going. For him to win the Rumble and go on that way, absolutely. And Matt Riddle's so new to the quote-unquote main roster that I think a lower card title belt would be very good for him, especially if he had that lengthy run. You know, don't play hot potato. Let's build that U.S. championship back up. You know, Lashley's in the middle of making it a very credible belt again because of these defenses and their definitive defenses. I think whether he drops it or loses it or whatever the case is, if it does go to a guy like Riddle, who is a known badass grappler, a shoot fighter, if you will, for him to hold on to it for an extended period of time would start to keep that shine going. I, I think I think Lashley's doing the kind of stuff that we've wanted from our U.S. and Intercontinental Champions, I'd like to see him continue to do it for another three, six months. And then I'd like the next champion to continue on that fashion as well. Let's not just make the wrestling great again. Let's make the titles mean something again. And Bobby Lashley is starting that process. I agree with you, Wade. I think Riddle could take that torch and run with it. Yes. Make secondary titles great again. That's what we need. That's our new hashtag, baby. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. I'm I'm all I'm with you guys on that. <laughs> Give secondary titles a chance. Give secondary titles a chance. <laughs> love it. Let, let, let's go to the main event of the show, but first we have to we should actually back up and talk about the beginning of the show. Which what is this? A Quentin Tarantino podcast? <laughs> We're gonna go to the end by talking about We're the gonna, beginning? Exactly. <laughs> that's how that's how we do. We gotta get to the end somehow. But uh the game Triple H was in attendance. Uh, mm-hmm. Maddie, mm-hmm. you said it off air. Uh, in case of emergency, break glass. We need Triple H on the show. And what made it even better was that he he fought. He wasn't in a match, but he fought. He was in a fight. He was in a fight. We got to see him and Randy Orton at the end, and of course, enter Alexa Bliss. And there's more shenanigans from the Fiend. Maddie, yeah. Just to take it away, man. What are your thoughts about this whole scenario with the Fiend, Bliss, or and what do you think about Triple H on Raw? Two words: burning sledgehammer. I Fantastic. Was, I thought it was two words. Suck it. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like I said, man. I, I think I think instead of Triple H coming back and flexing his nuts when you know Raw was at its high point and taking 
time off of somebody else. I think at this point where maybe they needed to fill some TV time. Now we could be completely wrong too. This could have been in the works for weeks. Mm -hmm. We don't know, but for your champion, who's usually in between two and four segments a week, you know, he's usually got a backstage. He's usually got a match and he's usually mixed up in the Keith Lee Sheamus situation. And then there's sometimes another one. So for you to lose that amount of TV time, I think Triple H was a great fill-in. I think having him start the show was big. The thing that grabs me about AEW and NXT are their openers. Remember when Raw and Nitro used to open? Nitro would almost always open with a cruiserweight match. So you were getting high Mm -hmm. flyers and fast action. Mm -hmm. Raw would usually start off with somebody of prominence cutting a promo to the hard cam telling you what was going to happen that day, and then an interruption. I I think that it was, you know, way to go back to what has worked in the past, but not in a shitty way. I didn't feel it was rinse, repeat. Um, I'm very confused, personally, about the Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton situation. However, Alexa Bliss as Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton and his entire body of work and what The Fiend has done – have earned that credit. I'm going to wait and see with, with high hopes of anticipation. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see a fireball work properly in the WWE. Right. Once, right. <laughs> I feel, I feel like they throw that fireball every like five to seven years and they mm-hmm. only work every like third decade. So right. <laughs> Alexa bliss hitting Randy Orton, like clean in the face of that song, bitch. Mm-hmm. I, I, I dug it. Fire for fire. We still haven't seen the fiend. So they're building up the mystique when he's Uh on TV every week. It loses a lot. I think this is what the fiend needs to be, especially now that he's got, for lack of a better word, a minion. I I think, I think raw has turned a corner creatively that I'm enjoying, you know, Uh on a week to week basis, definitely not the best show. You know, you've got your impacts, you've got your AEWs, you've got your NXTs. It's not the best show, but at least it's getting better. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think we see The Fiend again until Royal Rumble. Randy Orton already announced his entrance into the Rumble, correct? So, uh, Kind of, sort of. Triple H kind of said okay to it, I guess. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's right, right now it's Daniel Bryan, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Orton, Otis, and The Miz are the only confirmed. All right, so Orton is confirmed. All right, mm-hmm. so... We're going to see The Fiend show up at the Rumble, but we're not going to see The Fiend right away. First, we're going to see the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt. Right. Okay. He's going to get eliminated. He's going to enter the Rumble, like, let's let's say 10. Oh, this sounds sounds like one of the three of us did some fantasy booking where where they all get eliminated, right? Yeah. Is this going to be, are we entering the rabbit hole? Oh, this no. is a rabbit hole. No, no, this is I, no, this is going to be reality because the fucking writing's been on the wall ever since the Swamp Match against Braun Strowman. Oh yeah. So mm. there are three faces of Wyatt because during that whole program with Braun Strowman, he was the Eater of Worlds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still have Bray Wyatt, the man with the red sweater in the Firefly Funhouse, and then you still have the Fiend. Yeah, Mister Mr. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Uh, Rogers, the Fiend. And, and the um, leader of worlds. Yeah. I don't know what, what you would call him, but uh, yeah. So I think we're going to see all three faces of Wyatt in the Rumble. Orton will be the one to eliminate the Eater of Worlds. He will eliminate the Firefly Funhouse Wyatt. And then ultimately the Fiend will then eliminate Orton. Now the question ultimately comes to who eliminates the Fiend? Or does he even, or does he win it? There's a lot of ways that can go also. <sighs> E, I don't know about the 
fiend winning it. I, I think mm. if he gets eliminated, it's like he eliminates himself because the because we I think we all agreed at one point him holding a title doesn't mean anything. And he doesn't. It it's, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't it's it. it's actually bad I, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, it is. It's it the fiend with a title is kind of like who's he gonna drop it to? Right. He he needs some time. Like like the Undertaker. We remember the Undertaker's very first championship run was very very lackluster. That's why it was a short run. A week. <laughs> it was like a week. Yeah. But but keep week. in mind too. Think about how long the Undertaker was at the top of the mountain, and think about how many times he held the title. Mm-hmm. I think I think that the title was a thing that needed to be had for a while. I think much like the Undertaker, the Fiend is an entity that doesn't need the belt at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So that's my take, though, on The Fiend. Uh, Brother Wade, what are your thoughts on, on this whole Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton, Fireball segment? Um, I would like to point out this is the second time WWE's gotten the Fireball right. Remember Keith Lee took one to the face a few months ago? Oh, that's right. Oh! That's right. So this is the second time they've gotten the Fireball Harry right. Um, the Scarlet. But still, I, I, that, was that was NXT. That was NXT. That was NXT. <laughs> but you know, it's a whole, it's a whole nother breed. It's a whole nother special empanada that we'll talk about down the road. Oh, um, empanadas. Mm, empanadas. Well, guys, <laughs> podcast is over. Okay, empanadas. So, <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. It was cool to see. Um, Alexa is just, I call it the. Uh, it's kind of like a comic book reference. I've said it before. She's the one that's going to bring the bad news to Randy Orton all the time. And she'll mess with him along the way to let him know, like mm-hmm. he's coming back and she keeps reminding him by one way or another. First, it was a segment a few weeks ago saying he'll be back, mm-hmm. set me on fire, but he's going to come back in a different way that you never expected. Then she actually said fire for fire and threw the flame in his face. I like it. I like the whole thing that they're doing. And you can milk this for a while. (laughs) Hell, who's to say Randy Orton doesn't somehow get into a championship match? And that's when we see the fiend appear. But I could I I like your I like your three faces of um three faces of Wyatt idea. I like that too. It's a very interesting idea. But I can't wait to see it and maybe this will happen. Alexa go full fiend some way and have her own mm-hmm. version exactly i'm thinking they're low-key hinting at that too mm-hmm. i i've seen the writing on the wall with that too like she's gonna have her own version of the fiend as well i i like that i yeah. do like that take as well so guys let, let's move on to uh some wednesday night talk let's talk some aew dynamite uh very very good dynamite a few points i do want to touch on so the inner circle uh had a segment where they were talking about their new year's resolutions and championships championships baby <laughs> fucking jake hager but then so good that was the best jake hager's ever been was that was week. he he had so much ever. excitement in his voice <laughs> it was awesome it was that so was good. that was his best promo of the year I and mean, he's only allowed to have one good promo a year so that's it he already he, he met his quota oh. um, so <laughs> poor so, hagar so in the segment jericho was saying that his resolution was that him and mjf are going to win the tag team titles Okay, I feel like within the past Mm -hmm. three months, he said the same thing about him and Hager. That was before his program with MJF. Uh, And as as they stated in the- You're a tag team slut. That that was a great line too by Sammy Guevara. But I want to focus more on LAX and what this means for LAX. Now, we've already seen potential for the inner circle to implode uh, mm-hmm. A lot of times when you feel like it's going to happen, they 
they swerve you and they become best friends again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like the ups and downs with that. But we've been talking about LAX ad nauseum for months now about how they're being underutilized in the tag team division. So we mentioned this off the air. So either this is going to be the implosion of the inner circle or it's going to be the opportunity for LAX to just leave the inner circle. I think either, either um, I'm sorry, either scenario is a good scenario because the end result is going to be the same where LAX will finally get their shot in the yep. tag team division in AEW. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's a situation where if LAX wins this or doesn't win it somehow, but ends up getting it later, you know what I mean? Quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, then they are the tag team specialists of the inner circle or Bonesy. Like you said, the, the team implodes and LAX cuts off on their own. Um, one of the things, one of the things I was most upset about was when, when LAX jumped ship. Um, you know, in, in a world where we all enjoy tag team wrestling to have a team that's the caliber of LAX be in a ring of honor, be in an impact, be in an MLW mm-hmm. is a big thing. And for somebody, you know, the size of an AEW to just pull all the best tag teams I felt was really going to hurt a lot of the other companies. Now, you know, in ring of honor, you've still got the Briscoes and they're really not doing too much as far as uh, new content but right. they lost villain enterprises. You know, Brody King is doing his singles thing. Marty is gone. PCO was the champion. So you really don't have those trademark hallmark tag teams. Impact has really rebounded well. Now, again, pulling in the Motor City Machine Guns, mm-hmm. you, you can't do much better than that. Um, having the Good Brothers come, whether it was going to be a crossover or not from the start, you can't do much better than mm-hmm. But the only thing, in my opinion, that really stands out since the start of AEW for LAX, proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz, has been the parking lot brawl with the best friends, which was amazing. If it wasn't for such an inventive year in wrestling, that definitely had the ability. It was in the conversation for match of the year. Mm -hmm. It was lower down in the conversation, but they were in the conversation. I think that for LAX to have taken, I don't necessarily want to say a backseat because anytime you're under the Jericho learning tree and you're front and center and you get microphone time and TV time every week, you're not necessarily in the backseat, but for a tag team with the prestige, talent, ability, style, polish, grit that LAX has for them to not be utilized as a tried and true tag team more often I think is the kind of thing that they need to separate themselves from. So be it they come up as the tag team specialists in the inner circle or they split off on their own. It's about time to add another name to the title hunt because we've had our FTRs come up and down and they've got to come up again. We've had our best friends get in the mix and with Trent having a serious injury now, not totally going to happen. Jurassic Express is crawling up very nicely, but again, still one of those things that a lot of people might not be familiar with. Let's keep in mind, AEW is still in its infancy. I think a lot of eyes would end up on the prize if LAX were to be a weekly tag team challenge, if you will. And with that being said, look at how awesome it was this Wednesday when we got to see four of the top tag teams in the world on one show. Young Bucks, Good Brothers, Lucha Brothers, LAX. 
it's like, why isn't like the other three teams all ended up in a segment together? It's like, man, mm-hmm. you know how much cool it would be if LAX showed up too. Yep. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that segment was missing just one more tag team. You know what? The whole point of that ending segment with uh, the Good Brothers and Omega taking on um, the Varsity Blondes, and I forget the other the other dude's name. Uh, Danny Limelight. Danny, Danny Limelight. Limelight. Danny Limelight. That dude, that dude can go. He's really good in the ring. He really is like his in ring work. Really good. And you know what? With his trunks and tattoos and his style, if mm-hmm. LAX does split off on their own, I could see them absorbing a Danny Limelight and a Diamante and having their own kind of faction. Own because, version of LAX. Yeah. Because even with tag teams in in AEW, they're all kind of factioned up. You got mm-hmm. your Lucha Rose as a part of the Death Triangle. You got Butcher and Blade as a part of. Oh man, I I'm sorry guys. I have to go completely off script here. Yeah, go ahead. Is Eddie Kingston the greatest jobber of all time? Wait, follow me. He doesn't ever win. Right. But every single person he puts over gets elevated. He yeah. seems credible in every match, and no matter how much he loses, I still believe he's a badass. Mm-hmm. For a guy that takes nothing but L's, I think Eddie Kingston has become one of the best talents on the roster. I'm sorry that was my rabbit hole, but it just, I just, I looked over at Jennifer and I go, he's the greatest jobber of all time. He never has to win, and everybody he touches comes out the other end better than they went in. You're right. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Uh, and lo- look at what he did. We're talking about tag teams. Look at what he did for the Lucha Brothers and for Butcher and Blade. You know, when, yeah. when Pac was no longer on TV, what was going to happen with the Lucha Bros? Mm-hmm. They were off TV too once they were able to get back on. Kingston took them under his wing and look at what, look at the goal that they did. As he a kept faction. four other guys relevant. <clears throat> right. Four guys. Yeah. But, Just to talk about the tag team, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, guys, go, but, go ahead, man. Go ahead. All right. I would love to see PMP stay with inner circle only to establish because, and this is why I'm saying this, every faction, we are old school. Mm -hmm. Every faction has it set up the right way. Let's break it down. And even current eras, current factions do it. Undisputed Mm -hmm. era being that team, Mm -hmm. being that faction. They are what I would call the personification of what we saw growing up in the eighties and nineties. You had your single star, which was the guy that had the main title. You had your guy that had the secondary title, but could also go after the main title. If, the first guy was injured or he was kicked out the group or something like that. Right. And you need a tag team. So I feel that PMP will win this tag match and establish themselves as the tag team of the inner circle. The, the inner circle will then implode eventually, but we've already established like that's the tag team. That's the one that we're going to have go after the belts. And we kept saying it for years. And we've said it for like months now, when is PMP finally going to get their time to shine? Mm-hmm. Right. It's time now. You have FTR there. You have the Lucha Bros. You have so many teams. And I would say over the next couple months or so, we're going to start seeing PMP at a higher level, than, like impact level, like how they were running through tag teams. And I'm yeah. calling this match down the road. Either it will be a triple threat match or a fatal four-way match. And the th- four teams will be PMP, the Young Bucks, the Lucha Bros, and FTR in a fatal four-way for the tag titles. And that will decide ultimately who is the best tag team within AEW. And I hate to say it now, and I'm sorry I'm going to say this, it's not the Young Bucks. So let's just cut it out right there. (laughs) I also don't think the Young Bucks would do – look how long it took anybody in the elite to get a belt. Right. Mm -hmm. I think they're doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. 
No, I got a question for you, Wade. I, I'd okay. love to see that happen too, because mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying the inner circle. It's a great faction. It was also the first faction of, of AEW. Of AEW. Yeah. Right. Do you think we get to see because of, I mean, the doors are just wide open in AEW and I don't know what his status is, but do you think at any point with the tag team turmoil going on within the inner circle, we see a Conan? Mm, that well, would be a nice touch. Wait, that would yo, be a very nice touch. Who who was Conan signed to before the pandemic? MLW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's he was doing right. he was doing backstage stuff, and before that, he was still with Impact when P and P were still LAX. He was still over there, right? Right. Okay, that would be something. Hey, Maddie said it. Have him start a little faction. You know, you have your Danny Limelight, you have your Diamante. Bring Conan back into it. I would like to see like a a, a modern version of LAX again. Mm-hmm. I'm and the, all about that. The cool thing about AEW too is that the wins and losses matter. So it's not like it's not like Proud and Powerful have to go on an undefeated streak to be right. in the mix. No, not at all. Right, right. I think I think the number one contenders are something like five wins and three losses, or it's it's a very reasonable and attainable number. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's stay on the topic here of tag teams. Let's go over to NXT and let's talk about the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. So yes. I'm going to get my bracket up here for the, let's talk about the men's side first. So the men's side we have, let me pull my screen closer. We have uh, Adam Cole and Roddy Strong from Undisputed Era taking on Brizango, which happened this week and uh, Undisputed Era got the win. Moving on to the second round. We have a, we're going to have Tony Nice and Davari taking on Ashante Adonis and Troy. I don't have his last name. I'm looking at I'm looking at the image right now. I'm sorry. Uh, then we have Kushida and Leon Ruff taking on Gargano and Austin Theory of the Way. We had Everrise take on Grizzled Young Vets. Now Grizzled Young Vets is definitely one of my top tag teams. But I I said to you guys last night, Everrise is starting to grow on me. They are that old school '90s tag team. Maddie had said it kind of like the Beverly Brothers, the Heavenly Bodies. You know, I really appreciate what Everrise is doing and bringing to NXT, but I also said they should not go to the main roster because they will. No one will understand. They'll get eaten alive on the main roster. Yeah, they would get eaten alive on the main roster. So I'm all about what they're doing right now. They've also don't got the one thing. They've also don't got. <clears throat> Excuse me, English for a thousand, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> they also don't have the one thing you really need to make the transition as a tag team to the main roster, and that's the ability to be broken up. Right. I, I just, I, I agree with Bones. Their, their, their throwback way works well together. I don't think singularly they could make any kind of splash. They probably wouldn't even be in the train of people chasing the twenty four seven title. Right. Which, by the way, <laughs> you want to, you want to give the legends a title. Continue to use the twenty four seven as a way to do that. We were talking about that before. If Goldberg came and rolled up our truth, right. I, I'd be okay with that. Why does he need the other belt? Sorry. I know. Uh, wait, I'm actually, you know what, Matt, you can't do that because you know, brother, brother will come in and take the title. So <laughs> we don't want that either. We don't want that either. Let me tell you something. 24, seven, 11. It's kind of funny because our truth has made a joke about it. And Hulk Hogan would just be like, I have no clue where I am, brother. <laughs> Well, instead of talking about the legends, let's talk about some other new up and coming <laughs> sorry, stars. Sorry. No, because now we have we had the debut of a new tag team, uh, part of the Dusty Rhodes Classic Tournament, 
uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Jake Atlas were taking on this new team called MSK. <clears throat> we, were all, we were all wondering who can MSK be? Well, boys, <laughs> these little rascals showed up at NXT TV and put on an awesome match. So we have Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz, formerly known as the, as the Rascals, now known as Nash Carter and Wes Lee as part of MSK, who got their first win in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Go ahead, guys. Take a minute to mark out. Yes. yes. By the way, did yes. you guys notice? I, Bones, you just did it. But they said that on commentary. They called them rascals yes. on commentary. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm I like, did notice that. you know what? Way, way to be self-aware. Mm-hmm. NXT, there, I always say there's two kinds of people in the world. Those who get it and those who don't. Mm-hmm. NXT gets it. Main right. roster does not. Yep, Mm-mm. agreed. So moving on down the bracket, uh, we have we're gonna have Killian Dane and, and <clears throat> Drake Maverick taking on Kurt Stallion and August Gray, uh, who are both from Evolve Fame. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have Imperium taking on Lucha House Party, and then we're gonna have Legado del Fantasma taking on the Bollywood Boys. It's nice to see so, the Bollywood Boys back. It's it's yeah, nice it to see, it it's really nice does. to see such a stacked bracket. Like it's not just let's just do four th- or, or let's just do eight teams. They right, have like sixteen teams here. This is good. It shows that there is depth or can be depth mm-hmm. in the tag team division mm-hmm. and and very Under few a WWE umbrella. I think it's just uh, what one, two, three. It looks like only four, in my opinion. Or let's just put some guys together. And even those four teams make some sense. You know, they didn't just say like, hey, we need 16 teams. Let's put anybody together. It's, you know, there's there's 14, 13, 12 legitimate tag teams. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of, as we call them, and they call them uh, on TV, strange bedfellow teams. Mm -hmm. But they also make sense. Right. Yeah. But so far, even with the first night of a couple first-round matches, already off to a great start, we have MSK, uh, Undisputed Era, and Grizzled Young Vets moving on to the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wade, I know you have some predictions here on who's going to take this. You want to just let the cat out of the bag now? You want to wait, have the listeners wait a few more weeks? Uh, well, you know, we discussed it off air a little bit. I'll go into it. I feel just because you keep having these intertwining stories – it's either going to be Cole and Strong, which is the obvious pick, or, or we're going to have Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Because both of those teams have issues with Pete Dunne and his group. Right. So why not one of those teams do it? I see one of them doing it. It's, it's got to be somebody who has a feud or a beef with Pete Dunne and his crew. I can totally see Killian Dane and Drake Maverick going all the way. Because it's also not uncommon for the winner of the Dusty Rhodes Classic to be a team of two strange bedfellows. And obviously, we've seen the... Happen twice. It has, with Samoa Joe and Finn Balor, and then Riddle and mm-hmm. Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's a great take. But now, let's talk about the women's Dusty Rhodes Classic. We only have four of the teams announced. We don't know how many teams total will be in this bracket yet. But they have announced Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, otherwise known as Team Ninja... Taking on, uh, they'll be taking on Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez, which is a kick-ass team. Uh, that should I be def- their name, Team Kick-Ass. Team Kick-Ass. Say Car Ramrod. Say Car Ramrod. Car Ramrod. <laughs> Sorry. Just call them Latin Storm. There you go. Latin Storm. Ooh, I like that too. Or just Sharknado. 
Sharknado. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Well, I could already call it that Mercedes and Storm are definitely going into the second round of this bracket. Yeah, we, dude. That was yep. the worst oh, announcement yeah. ever. Like, right. like, yo, why even have the match? I know. Yeah, you. why? What's the point? <laughs> no. And then we have the team of Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Yes. Moonheart. Yep. Taking on Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Again, or shoot the moon. Shoot the moon. Shoot the moon. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Mm. Now, brother Way, let's do some more predictions here. Who's going to win this one? <clears throat> Candace and Indy Hartwell? <laughs> yes, Got sir. It. Okay. Yes, moving sir. On. moving on. Candace and Indy Hartwell. <laughs> okay. That's it. He called it. That's it. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We don't know the other four teams. Right. But I'm calling a dark horse team if they're in this, and they should be Raquel and Dakota. And Dakota. <laughs> That's a dark team. And you know what? I'll even have shits and giggles with this. Throw the riot, riot squad in the NXT Women's Dusty Classic. Have them with the whole damn thing. <laughs> you, you know what, though? I'd be okay That's, with that. That's not that far outside. They had Lucha House Party come in and have one television match mm. on NXT, and they're now in the men's tournament. I don't think having the only legitimate women's tag team on the main roster come down for the Dusty Classic, I don't think that's that, that outlandish. No, and you know no. what? I don't think having a real main roster tag team win the thing as a bad – because then anytime you move any women from NXT to mm. the quote-unquote main roster, there is a built-in feud if right. a main roster right. team wins the Dusty Cup. Mm-hmm. And here's another thing I wanted to ask you guys, because I don't know if this is how, what the winner gets. Is it the same rules as it would be for the men's tournament where whoever wins not only gets the classic, but gets a shot at the women's sure. tag titles as well? Uh, you would have to that assume so, sense. which is why yeah, I agree with thinking. you that, you know, uh, because because you know what else that means? That means that um, uh, team Oofy Goofy could join up. No, hell right. no. No, get that's them, not happening. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't like to curse that much on this show but get them the fuck out of here no i don't know uh ladies and gentlemen i hate that entire team if your child is in the car with you while you're listening to our podcast just know that come the end of this episode wade's gonna go the fuck off again (laughs) yes yes i am (laughs) so let's keep moving on guys so we can get to wade's next blow up let's talk about some impact real real quick guys we had impact genesis lots of stuff the Mm -hmm. uh we had I'm sorry, we had the finals of the uh, Super X Cup tournament. We had the I Quit match between Moose and Willie Mack. And then we had uh, what I believe was the retirement match of with Jazz taking on Jordan Grace. Uh, guys, I did not get a chance to see it. Very quickly, quick recap of, of the night. Like, like eight, nine out of 10, as far as I'm concerned, they really, really leaned heavily into the super X cup, which is a big deal for them. The X division really shone very brightly this year during the pandemic. Uh, you know, Ace Austin carried the title for quite some time during the year and he was in the first match. Um, all the matches were about 10 minutes until you got to the end. And then that was about 20 minutes. They gave the X division an awful lot of shine. Uh, Ace Austin, uh, pinned suicide. Davari uh, pinned cousin Jake, which I did not see happening there. Dude, I oh, I'm sorry. Either. It was the, it was the other way around. It was the other way around. Um, Crazy Steve uh, took on Trey Lamar, and Trey Lamar was the one entrant that I was not familiar with. Uh, Wade told us a little bit about him because uh, Wade's a little bit more familiar than we are. And then Blake Christian and Casey Navarro. 
I'm telling you, man, that kind of, if the next match hadn't happened, it would have been in the contention for match of the night, but Mm -hmm. crazy Steve and Blake Christian was an amazing match. Blake then continues on to face Ace Austin in the finals for what is, in my opinion, one of the best singles matches Impact has ever put on. And in my stupid idiot, I'm going to believe whatever they put in front of me brain. I thought Blake Christian was going to win the whole thing. It was a stellar match. Wade, what, what did you think about the tournament? As far as I'm concerned, they didn't need the Jazz match or the I Quit match. I think that the Super X Cup could have been its own pay-per-view, free-per-view. I think they did an excellent job. I, I agree. I feel the tournament itself. I, and you know me, I'm a sucker for tournaments. Um, all those dudes showed up and turned out. Casey Navarro put on an amazing performance. He was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, Blake Christian, who is an up-and-comer, who, we, who <laughs> I heard about in late 2019, is just somebody who we, we need to keep our eye on. Mm-hmm. Because he is somebody who was going to be a big name in 2021. Yep. Overall, I enjoyed the tournament. Yes, I, if it were me, that whole tournament could have just been the whole show. Yep. And I'd have been fine with that. Yep. The entire show. Yeah. Um, a couple a couple of the guys that were in it, Bonesy, really, really jumped off the page to me. They were characters that I've enjoyed through Impact Wrestling, but didn't know too much about their wrestling wrestling. You know, their TV show isn't very long and they have a lot to get to. They also have a lot of vignettes. So seeing a lot more of crazy Steve than we've seen in the past few months, big deal. That guy can really go seeing cousin Jake in X division matches for Mm -hmm. a man of his size. I know, I know that there's no size in X division. People like to liken it to cruiserweight and it's not, it's an open division, but to watch him go against a Davari and then an ACE Austin again, amazing stuff. I hope the jazz match that you mentioned is not a retirement. I hope it's a soft retirement. I think a jazz in impact would add another layer of credible, you know? Um, And then I I, I guess we got to kick over to Wade before we get to the I quit match, because I mean, when it comes to women's wrestling, especially with Jordan grace, Wade Wade is our specialist. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was a greatest hits. I thought it was a hell of an honor. And I thought that the, the, just the whole thing was really well done. And it was two, it was two bruiser women throwing down. It wasn't, you know, there was no patty cake happening between ladies. There were two women throwing down. It's, it's another battle of the badasses match. Both women mm-hmm. completely tore it down. They put it out there. I enjoyed the match. And I said, either way, both are going to come out looking like winners. Yep. I love some of the parts of the match where Jordan got frustrated because she couldn't beat someone who was a legend. Like it took her and I like the finish too. And she didn't hit her with a, with a, with a power move. Nope. She got the best of her with a, with a pin mm-hmm. with a nice little hookup. So honestly, the match was great from beginning to end. If, if the X cup wasn't as big as it was in the match, that would have been my match tonight, but the whole X cup tournament overwhelmed me enough. And it just, yeah put this match a little bit lower in my favorites for that card. But honestly, this may be my favorite impact knockouts match of the year so far. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially going on so far. And then just the cherry on top. We talked months ago about Moose needing to carry his momentum from his time with EC three. And the three of us kind of agree that he's done that. Well, Uh, I think the capper was after over a 25 minute, fairly brutal I quit match between two really, really big guys. 
Um, two guys that, well, I mean, Willie Mack has the high flying abilities that a man his size shouldn't have. So there was a lot of layers and depth. I think the story that was told was probably one of the best stories impact has told. Mm-hmm. We always talk about impact in their storytelling. And I think the way that that match ended really put Moose into the echelon they've wanted him to be, at least in my eyes. What did you think about it, Wade? I thought it was a, Moose's best match he's had in a very, very long time. The spots were incredible. Just when I thought the match was over, it kept going. The go to hell from the top rope through that table, oh. I was done. I thought, just, just end it. Just end it. It's over. It was bad. But you told a story. This is one of the best stories Moose has had in a long time. And it put him in that position of being a very huge threat for the Impact World title. And that's what I guess they wanted to do with Moose. And now I'm kind of believing it. I want to see how it progresses and how we get further along with the story. But again, a solid match. Impact put on a great free purview. I call it like their Clash of Champions type show. They did a great job, as usual. And it kept storylines going. Now, let me ask you guys this before we get into this is obviously, well, first of all, maintain your excitement. We're going to talk about hard to kill in a second, but I want to, I want to piggyback off what you're saying about the championship picture now with Moose and Rich Swan. Don't you feel like Kenny Omega is going to find his way into this impact championship picture at some point too, since they are doing the, the, the crossover with AEW and they're already going to be ha- facing each other in a six man tag at hard to kill. So it's like, well, where does that leave Omega? Where does that leave Moose? Who is the person that's going to face Swan? Mm, it's still going to be Moose. In my opinion, it's still going to be Moose because when we get to our, because we're going to talk about Hard to Kill, I have a certain prediction of how this is going to go that cancels Kenny Omega out of even going for the Impact title. So. All right, cool. So let's get into Hard to Kill. Let's do some quick predictions, too, as we run down the card. Just announced today on the pre-show, it's going to be Brian Myers taking on Josh Alexander. I think Josh Alexander is going to take this one. There's no – neither of them will gain anything or lose anything. It's a pre-show match, but it should be a good match regardless. I we think with a Brian Myers match, uh, I'll be on the phone with my pizza place giving them bones' <laughs> credit card information. Yes, I will as well. Uh Josh Alexander will be Impact World Champion before the before the end of 2021. Calling it now. Wow. Okay. Let's move on to the next match. We have an intergender match, uh, tag yes. match. Yes. Rosemary and Crazy Steve taking on Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with the K. Uh, I want to touch on Crazy Steve and Rosemary uh, joining back up again. Uh, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if this continues to be a thing, then I think that. That means that Taya is eventually going to be leaving because, again, we talked about the end of her contract. This right. Might, this might be the split between Rosemary and Taya mm-hmm. and the joining the mm-hmm. joining forces again of Crazy Steve, Father James Mitchell, and Rosemary, and possibly getting involved with Sue Young, Susan, Susie, again at some point, and really elaborating on that storyline. Much, much like much like NXT call ups, having Taya put over the current knockout champion mm-hmm. is a hell of a send off as well. Now, I don't remember what the timetable is. You guys definitely had a little bit more of that. But yeah, having having Rosemary partner up with certain situations. Let's keep in mind, too, that impact is very open with their intergender wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy Callahan. And well, do we do we do we say her name anymore? Yeah, we, we do. Her, her name still pops up. He who shall not be named that was Impact Champion at the beginning of the year. Yes. There you go. Okay, good. And, we'll go with that. And it might be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble from what's being talked about, but. <laughs> mm. 
Um, I, I think that we're going to get a lot more bang for our buck with an intergender match than we normally do. Mm-hmm. And I am done. Like you, you listen to the old school wrestlers talk about the fact that you used to thank the guy who drew the card. And then you listen to the old school promoters and they talk about the fact that you want someone to pay money to see somebody get their ass kicked. I am well on that bandwagon of wanting to see Caleb with a K get his ass handed to him by a crazy Steve. Mm-hmm. If, if you were mm-hmm. asking, in my opinion, what I'm forking over X amount of dollars for seeing Caleb with a K get beat up is on that list. And I think hey, good for him. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. I, I hate breaking it down like that, but yeah, I love to hate that guy. This is a cool match. I'm excited for. Yeah. Agreed. Moving on to the next match, this should be a very fun match. And actually, Wade shed some light on this last week. This potentially could be a cinematic match with Ethan Page taking on his own alter ego, the Karate Man. I mean, what do you I'm, mean potentially? Just, what do you mean? What, yeah. what did I say? What's no, this is definitely going to be a cinematic oh. match. He yeah, definitely going to be a cinematic. He can't, he can't fight, fight himself. himself on live TV. I mean. <laughs> Did you ever hear of Wrestle Magic? It could happen, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind, kind of yeah. like when we're eventually going to see TJP fight Manic, right? Right. Yeah, or fight suicide. Yeah, fight suicide. You know. Right. Speaking so, of, but yeah, Karate Man versus Ethan Page is going to be a very fun, he's, fun match. It's going to be. Very he's such a creative guy. I'm excited yeah. to see it. It's going to be more comedy than wrestling, and and mm-hmm. you know what? I think Impact does that probably better than anybody else. The yeah. the the comedic parts. Agreed. I, I agree. I feel honestly this is going to end uh, Mortal Kombat style, and we will see Karate Man kill off, kill off <laughs> Ethan Page so he can go do whatever he needs to do and what's next in his future. So nice. Karate Man is going to take the dub here. I like that take. Let's move on to a very anticip- highly anticipated match, the yes. Bob Wire Massacre mm-hmm. match with Eddie Edwards mm-hmm. taking on Sammy Callahan. Um, I mean, match of the night. Yeah. Match of the night. It's going to be great. These two guys already tell a great story. They already have great chemistry with each other. And I think who, no matter who wins, they're both going to get over in this match. They're, yeah, they're both over oh, as fuck yeah. anyway. No, yeah. n- nobody needs this match. I feel like this match is one of those marquee, like, uh, they got to have a gimmick match. Mm-hmm. They don't really have anything for two of their biggest stars. Let's keep this feud going. And, right. and I'll watch it anytime. Mm-hmm. We say it over and over again. They're the John Cena and Randy Orton. Yep. You can throw them in any type of match and it's going to be like, okay, they have history. I get it. This is why they're feuding. Let's get to it. Right. I'm excited for the match. I don't really care who wins. Both ah. of them are credible enough yep. where they can be involved in the world title picture again. Yes. Agreed. Yep. Yeah, winner doesn't matter. Story is good enough. Exactly. And, Maddie, I do have to correct you. There is a gimmick match already on the card. It's an old-school rules match. Uh, yeah. This, Six-man this, tag team match. It, if Brian Myers weren't such uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to Wade here. Uh, Wade, what, what do you put up before you paint? Uh, uh, what do you put up before you paint? The, the stuff. The stuff you put on your walls. Oh, man, I'm blanking here. Drywall. What's, <laughs> Drywall. what's the most basic bitch font there is? Times New Roman. <laughs> yeah, or as I like to call it, Brian Myers typing. If it wasn't right. for Brian Myers being so vanilla, this six-man old-school rules might as well be on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Brian Myers is not in this match. No, no. I'm saying if it wasn't for Brian Myers being the opener oh. because of how bland he is, oh, I this see. match would be the opener. 
Yep. I, I gotcha. don't, I do not care. Will it be entertaining? Absolutely. But how are you going to have an old school rules match, which to me, they're just, you might as well just call it a blood and guts match. Right. When you're already going to have Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan have a blood and guts match with emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. If anything, it should have been the mm-hmm. Deaners in a cage match. That would have made more sense to me. I would that would have made more sense. I would have made more sense. Or even a last man standing or yeah. Mm-hmm. With, then, now I'm sure they're going to have that in the future. That's got to come. But I have not been impressed with the release, not the release, the, the introduction of Joe Doring. I could right. care less. We all agreed that for Eric Young to come in with such fanfare and fall off so quickly was kind of a misstep. Um, I love Rhino and I love Tommy Dreamer. I just, I don't care. Nah, yeah, it's right. a half for me. This is a, a, a potty break match for me. Yeah, yeah, I'll be mm-hmm. eating Agreed. the pizza bones paid for. Yeah, bones. Thank you for the pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah guys. <laughs> All right, and then, now let's move into some of our title matches. We have the Impact Knockouts Championship. We already talked about Taya Valkyrie earlier. Taya Valkyrie taking on Deanna Prazzo. It's going to be a great match. You've got a great, yeah. great all-around women's wrestler against literally lucha gold a woman who's done it all and won it all and in my opinions is one of the most credible women's wrestlers uh out there right now it'll be very interesting mm-hmm. i my prediction is diana of course yeah no diana's definitely going to take this and ty is going to put her over to the moon wade diana gets diana gets the win over the gatekeeper of the impact knockouts women's division mm-hmm. yeah. um yep. if you want to beat somebody to get yourself over within that impacts knockout division it used to be gail kim taya valkyrie is now the standard bear and um, yeah. honestly this will only help diana's reign yep. so diana takes the win yep in in, in a good match yeah in a great match it's gonna, yeah. be, it's gonna be a great match yeah the, the psychology is what's going to carry that match because uh, that's the way Deanna Prazzo is. But let's talk about another barn burner that's, that could be potentially another match of the night contender. Oh, yeah. Triple threat for the oh, yeah. title with uh, Chris Bay taking on Rohit Raju, taking on Manic. Mm-hmm. I mean, X Division, mm-hmm. you can't get any better than that. Uh, I personally wouldn't mind seeing Manic drop the belt, and I don't care who he drops it to. I liked Chris Bay's little run and I loved Rohit's run. Yeah. I personally think that Chris Bay is an incredible, I know the word means WWE, but Chris Bay is a superstar that is about to explode. And I think mm-hmm. Rohit did, I mean, even when he was just a hype man for the Desi Hit squad, I think Rohit with that championship did some of the best work he's ever done on TV. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the match. It's going to be amazing. And to be perfectly honest, it, no matter who wins that, it's going to be dope. Exactly. X Division can do no wrong. Yeah, X Division can do no wrong. So whoever wins, well, you know what? Manic should drop the title, but I feel Chris Bay is going to be the winner. That's my mm-hmm. pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that way. I, I can see Chris Bay ta- taking the W in this match, but it's going to be a great match regardless. Now let's move on to the uh, crossover six man tag team match where you have the Good Brothers teaming up with the AEW champion, Kenny Omega, taking on the team of Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. Now, here's a crazy thought on how this potentially can end where Omega and the Good Brothers do not take the W, but I could see the Young Bucks showing up and actually super kicking the Good Brothers because they are still bitter about what happened this past Wednesday on Dynamite, how the Bucks were excited to team up with Omega, and then they didn't. We didn't really elaborate on what happened at the end of Dynamite, but it seemed like the elite was going to return bucks and Omega take it as part of their six man tag. The bucks were kind of let down when it ended up being the good brothers. 
and there was really never any interaction between the Bucks, the brothers, or Omega at the very end of the night. So there's still some unfinished business there. So have the Bucks show up, super kick the Good Brothers, and give the win to to MCMG and Rich Swan. That's a lot. A lot to Ooh. unpackage there. That's a lot uh, to take. I mean, or or we've already been seeing this whole cross promotion thing with Impact and AEW. So okay, so just give the win to the Good Brothers and Omega. But then where's the progression in the storyline from there? You know, I, I I see a janky ass no finish, just a no finish really? of some sort. Some sorts, yeah. Outside interference, I, something like that. Because yeah. on one hand, you've got your impact. This is an impact pay per view. All all crossovers, all everything else aside, this is an impact pay per view. And on one <clears> team, you've got your tag champs who need to look badass. And on the other hand, you've got your world champ who needs to look badass. Right. I can see this going the way of the hand or the invisible hand stirring the pot some sort of no finish uh we, we all have weird finishes to this match but i have another finish that may happen uh impact needs to get themselves over even more and they've been doing it very well but i feel the impact side of this six-man tag will get the win due to interference from john moxley because we saw what happened on, Ooh, on dynamite and that will be moxley getting his chance to get another shot at Kenny. And that's why Kenny will not go after the impact title because he'll be too busy with Moxley. Can, can I, can I change my pick? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So I think that Kenny is going to come out and somehow interfere. John Moxley is going to come out and somehow interfere. Yeah. You know, just, just what waits it. Lavish. I love it. Hot uh, tag. Nice. Hot tag. That's, that's deep Wade. That is deep. Yeah. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Now, I'm interested to see what happens in this match. Uh, I, I think there's going to be some kind of shenanigans mm-hmm. F- mm-hmm. and some kind of crossover in some way, shape, or form. But I don't know if this match will headline the night. Again, going off of the way Wikipedia has their matches I, listed. But I, I really hope it does. The Knockouts Tag Team Championship match between Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan taking on Havoc and Nevaeh. I almost forgot about that match. Damn. No, that's I'm the one I'm saying should headline, yeah. Wade. That should headline. Yeah, that should, that oh, should of be course. Right oh, there. See, the way I like to call it is it's Havoc and Nevaeh uh, taking on the Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Ooh. Agreed. 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 Yeah. Agreed. We, we, I think we all agreed. I said this weeks ago, even, even before uh, they announced the bracket. The, the the titles have to go to Steels and Hogan. They are definitely the best legit tag team in Impact. They have great chemistry together, and they'd be a perfect flag bearer for the uh, women. I'm sorry, the knockout tag division. Even though Havoc and Nevaeh are a very established tag oh, yeah. team within the indie scene. Correct. Correct. Um, I would not be surprised. Either way, both teams are going to come out looking like gold, but honestly, oh, yeah. I want the, the belts on Steels and Hogan. Uh, they, they they can talk. They can wrestle. I mean, and and you can say that about all four of them. I, I think mm-hmm. that I think that Impact has done a very good job of before they're even there again making these belts relevant, which is another reason I think it should be the main event. They've done an awful lot to really put the knockout tag belts. I'm sorry, the knockout tag division mm-hmm. in the forefront. I think making it the um, main event. To, to quote Wade, cements that legacy of, hey, we're bringing these belts back. This is super important. It's not just important. It's so important that our world champ, our tag champs, and Kenny Omega aren't mm-hmm. going on last. 
Right. Agreed. But uh, Hard to Kill already looking to be an amazing card. That's going to be happening yeah. this weekend. We'll be sure to bring you guys the mm-hmm. results next week. An amazing card and Brian Myers. But before we finish off the show, I want to talk about one more match from AEW, the TNT Championship match. When we had our 2020 Normies Award show, I had said uh, Darby Allen was one the one to watch in 2021. And he is already off to a great start, putting on a fantastic title title defense against the machine brian cage um maddie i think we agree man this is probably one of cage's best matches in aew since since he joined the company hell you you could go back to his not giving a shit in impact this is one of his best matches overall uh mm-hmm. i i you know it, it takes two to tango and i think darby allen did an amazing job but i think brian cage fed and sold Brian Cage sold his ass off in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a great main event. It was a great first title defense. It was a great setup. Um, and again, you know, uh, talking before about the the Eddie Kingston team, Taz. Well, no, you can't say that because Ricky Starks is still there. But you know, they keep taking L's and they keep plugging along. I think that the right. writing team. I think that the the, the tutelage of Taz. And I think that the styles that are clashing are coming together super well. Great title defense by Darby. Great, credible loss by Cage. And a great opportunity to have Sting come back in on TV. Jennifer looked at me on Wednesday and said, he's got the best job in all of wrestling. Mm -hmm. He does. Good good, good for Stinger. I I think we went off the air with the right situation. I like Mm -hmm. the new belt. I like that they gave the red belt to Brody Jr., I, I, I hate to be, you know, nipping at the teat of AEW, but I just think that they're moving in the right direction with almost every step they take. Right. Agreed. But yeah, uh, Darby Allen definitely won to watch in 2021. It was a fantastic match considering the, uh, <clears throat> the different styles, you know, it was a, cla- a styles clash. And, and, right and the overhead gorilla press from the ring to the timekeeper's table. Mm. My jaw was, well, I didn't talk for maybe the rest of the match. That Mm. was amazing. Both on Brian Cage's ability, because he kind of stumbled when he went to pick somebody up. And I'm like, John Silver picks up people twice the size of Brian, uh, of ease all the time. Light work for him. But then Brian Cage threw him. That's gotta be eight feet. At least onto a table that's only two feet wide. Mm-hmm. So for Darby Allen to be like, do it, and for Brian Cage to get it done, kudos to both of them, man. It was a very, very well put together match. And another, I mean, guys, just just think back. I'm putting you on the spot here. Every TNT title defense has been a pretty badass match. Agreed. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Every single one. It almost feels like the Intercontinental Championship in its heyday. Where it actually, the, it means something. As well, it sh- Bones. You know what? I you say it for Wade all the time. Bones, drop the mic. You win the show's internet over. this time. All right. Show's over. See you guys. Show's next over, week. guys. No, wait, I'm sorry, Brother Wade. We can't end the show without us introducing a new segment, which is going to be hosted by none other than the good brother, Wade Ilson. And we're going to entitle this segment, Shit on Charlotte. Brother Wade, take it away. Hi, everyone. The following views and opinions of Wade do not reflect the <laughs> do not reflect the views and opinions of New Normal Wrestling. Um, I am going to be 
kind of not shitting on Charlotte and shitting on Charlotte in the same breath. Okay. So as we've all watched, we saw the storyline has been developing between her, her father and Lacey Evans. I feel that this, this whole storyline is a slap in the face to Charlotte Flair. And I am not the biggest Charlotte Flair fan ever. You guys know this already. I think it is demeaning to all people involved. You are slapping, you're slapping Lacey Evans, who we know is had a great storyline with Sasha and Bailey about how she's an amazing mother who is married and her kid has been on screen to being, oh, I'm going to bang the old dude. If you're basically taking the Adam Sandler big daddy theory and putting it into wrestling, which is disgusting to not only to all the to whole women's division. I feel it's a slap in the face, period. We're, and another thing, where the hell's Oscar? How is your women's champion not been on TV and we don't know what's going on with her? I feel like this whole storyline is stupid. It's juvenile and immature. Charlotte could be feuding with Lacey Evans and Billy Kay. I mean, Peyton Royce, I'm sorry. And just have a feud with that and establish them as a tag team. Nope. You have to throw Ric Flair and bring his ass out of here, which, by the way, with all the COVID stuff going on, he should be nowhere near a wrestler, especially with his conditions. Absolutely not. But you're, you keep trying to bring this old hat of, of Charlotte who once separated herself and just called herself Charlotte right. to get away from the Flair stigma. And what do you do? You smack it back in her face again. Disgusting, deplorable, absolutely not. Now, that was my I'll be nice to Charlotte round. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to pull up because, you know, we are social media out here and we pay attention to the streets of social media when need be. This morning, there was a huge uproar from Charlotte Flair. So a article, so there was a lot of heat. She caught a lot of heat from how WWE books her. So she responded to the article. Um, Daily DDT or fans or fan side of DDT, we'll give them credit. Talking about Charlotte is overbooked and overutilized. She saw this and got very upset. And Charlotte usually never responds to stuff like this. She said, I should just scroll block this garbage, but words matter. So I'll take a few moments to educate you. Uh, to be both a human and I would assume an editor allowed this bullshit to sully on Al Gore's internet. So then she was talking about how she was looking for articles where she said, it's funny how you trash a female champion, but not the male champions. Understandable. Very true. She, there was never an article trashing the male superstars, but she got trashed. I'm going to go on personal record Forgive me. You guys can snap at me if you want to. She is the she is the fourth out of the four horse women. She will always be because her character has never evolved since she came up to the main roster. She has always been. I'm Charlotte Flair. I'm a Flair. I'm I'm the queen. Her gimmicks are very played out. All three of the other horse women have evolved at some point, And it feels like. Charlotte's still stuck in first gear and can't get out of it. Mm. She needs to develop a little bit more of an edge, a little bit more polish, a little bit more something. You know when the last time I got really excited for Charlotte? When she beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey and I thought she had snapped and became this evil version of herself. That's what she needs to be. She needs to be, and I'm quoting Maddie on this, a fucking killer. You're Charlotte Flair. Do your job and be what... 
your father did and take it to the next level. Obviously, you can't fucking do that. Your, your matches are very bland and vanilla. You're not really impressing me. Now, I'm not going to say Charlotte's not talented. She is. But it feels like rinse, wash, repeat whenever Charlotte's involved in something. And I know eventually it's going to lead to Charlotte becoming Raw Women's Champion again before WrestleMania. It's going to happen again, and we're going to be like, oh, well, who's Charlotte going to beat now at WrestleMania? Charlotte has become, and I'm not saying Roman Reigns, Charlotte has become, and this is not a shot at, at one of Maddie's favorite wrestlers, she has become what John Cena was for that little era of time where he just was there and beat everybody and moved on. I can see him very clearly. I don't want to see Charlotte as much as I want to right now. <laughs> Develop your character a little bit. And this is not me bashing her as an athlete. She is one of the best women wrestlers, hands down. I will not sit knock her for that. But as far as her character development goes, she just is bleh. She just is. She just is. She's time for Roman Font. And she's been that way since she was Divas champion and never evolved. I said it before and I'll say it again. When Charlotte's a heel... She was all right. And I hate the fact that she has to pull from the old head of her dad and yell at the top of her lungs to get her point across. Right. Be different. Be better. Develop your character. And I'll respect what you do in the ring even more than what you're already doing. I'm just not a fan of it. That's my shit on Charlotte moment. All right. And drop the mic. Now, wait, tell us how you really feel. (laughs) (laughs) Riot squad for tag team champions. Yes. I'm with you on that one. I mean, I, I I don't have a comeback. I mean, I think that's a you bring up a very very good argument. Like so many people on the internet bash Charlotte. There's a lot of Charlotte hate on social media. Everyone's like, oh well, she sucks a promo. She's not that good in the ring. She's a flair. But you gave a valid reason why people are not into Charlotte. You're right. Like take a step back and look at Charlotte's entire career on the main roster ever since she was the queen or at least the top of the women's division in NXT. It's been there was a small evolution of her character when she first came up to Raw. Very minor. When she got the queen, her promo skills did get better, but it's been the same character for years through her feud with Becky through her feud with Ronda through her feud with Oscar. It's been the same person. Hey, if you're going to take some time off, Everyone who takes time off Repack- comes back, repackages, does repackages it right. What has she done? Nothing. It was like Wade said, rinse and repeat. Oh, you're gone for six months, and now you're back. It was the same thing you were doing back this time last year, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. But I she totally needs, see it. She needs a Becky Lynch broken face invasion angle moment. Mm-hmm. I I am I'm on the other side of the fence. I'm on the yay Charlotte fence and I desperately agree with you Wade. Mm-hmm. I think she needs to lose the robes, lose the strut and be her own person. Yes. What, like you said Wade, some of her best work was as a heel. Lean into it. Mm-hmm. Let her be bad. Let let her do what Bailey did. Bailey was mm-hmm. sugary sweet mm-hmm. and then switched to the dark side and started doing some of her best main roster work. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. You nailed it, Wade. You nailed right. it. If we can get the same Charlotte we saw at Survivor Series in 2018 when she uh, mm. just mm-hmm. knocked the shit out of Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. that would be a change in a character that I think she desperately needs moving forward. Unfortunately, B 
because of what she's done over the past five, six, seven years, because she is a flair, because she is one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. She's still going to be in the limelight no matter what. I can't I, I can never really see her falling that far from the main event picture. Keep her in the main event picture. I think the problem is that WWE has a bigger nostalgia boner for itself than mm-hmm. any of its fans do. Right. If she was a lot more Charlotte and a lot less flair, psh, all mm-hmm. bets are off. Right. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, guys, this has been a great show, but I can't believe I forgot to mention one thing on our list. I want to touch very quickly. Adam Pierce on SmackDown with his whole storyline with Roman Reigns. What do you how do you guys feel about this? Five-time guys- NWA champion Adam Pierce. I love yes. it. This is great. I, I think Adam Pierce is doing a fantastic job. Fantastic. Whatever the story is, he's doing a freaking fantastic job. He's and- a Trojan horse. That's how I feel. He's a Trojan horse for somebody else. Yeah. And it was excellent storytelling. It was paint by numbers. The minute everything happened, I looked at Jennifer and I played out the entire rest of Raw. And she looked at me and goes, I hate when you do that because when you're right, you gloat. And when you're wrong, you're not wrong. I'm like, all right, yeah. And she goes, and it ruins the rest of it for me. It was very paint by numbers and it was still done well. We knew Jey Uso was going to get up in there and soften up whoever was left. Mm-hmm. We knew Adam Pierce was going to go in and become the winner. And I don't care, man. They're at least telling stories and keeping things going and paying things off. And the thread continues to move through the show. Mm -hmm. I personally think that in the past handful of weeks, two, three, four tops, WWE starting to get it. And I think that the Roman Reigns head of the table situation is probably number one or one a to the Bray Wyatt situation. As far Mm -hmm. as having things make sense right mm-hmm. and we also cannot forget about the underdog not sure to say the underdog the wild card in that whole segment that really got over and that is the artist shinsuke oh. nakamura oh it was so good to if, see that if people forgot about him or people have been sleeping on him for a while because he hasn't been that that relevant go look at at his string of matches against Rey Mysterio, Corbin, Daniel Bryan. Yep. It was great match Mm -hmm. after great match, whether it was minutes, whether it was 10 minutes, whether it was three minutes. He put on an amazing body of work. Now, I think there's a chance where this still might end up being where Nakamura will take Pierce's place and wrestle for Pierce. I could see that kind of happening because I don't know if Pierce is even... If, if he's well, if, if he's injured, if he can't wrestle, I don't know if he's cleared to wrestle. But I He can wrestle. See, he just I retired. See, that's what I thought. Okay, so so it, maybe yeah. he's going to come out of retirement or Nakamura is going to take the place for Pierce and wrestle uh, wrestle for him. But I, I, you got to give Nakamura props too. Uh, Nakamura and Pierce both shine like, like, like fucking gold on Friday on SmackDown. And you got, I got to give them props before we sign off. But now with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, So fans, if you've enjoyed the 36th edition of New Normal Wrestling, please show your support by checking us out on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. You know where to find us. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Buy our merch at the Fourth Wall Swag Shop on TikTok. Check out the link in our bio and on our social media. And until then, I'm JC Bones. He's DJ Matty G, the zebra. He is Brother Wade Ilson, who always does it with flair. And we are New Normal Wrestling. So until next week, I bid you adieu. 
a duh, adieu, with a goodbye, mwah, and good night, bang. And I still want a two sweet brothers, because this shit is still relevant. Sweet. Sweet. When this podcast hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, love it.